Hello everybody, thanks again for tuning in to Revolutionary Lumpen Radio. This episode we were joined by Comrade Jabir, also known as something that I can't actually say off of Twitter. Amazing episode, we talk about decolonialism, we talk about pan-Africanism, electoralism, there's nobody better to ask about this by the way. And we also start to go into George Jackson, which is followed up on part two of this same podcast. So if you want to hear that and you want to hear more followers on Twitter at Lumpen underscore radio, support us on patreon.com slash Lumpen podcast. Promise you now, if we start to get in the goddamn thousands of supporters or thousands of pounds, you're going to see some serious base building shit, your mutual aid work, and you're also going to help facilitate us shut more weapons factories down, hashtag shut Elbit down. So without further ado, let's just dive straight into this episode where I learned for the first time in life, as well as just how pointless putting your time and energy in is when you put it into electoral candidates. There's no way to live. Let's proceed. Also, obviously, press subscribe on your podcast player for us, please. I always forget. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. Just been waiting for this. I've been highly anticipating it. I know that I sent you the request a couple of months back, but I've been dwelling on it for a while. Wanted the questions to be right. And I think that these are going to be some good questions for a good interview. I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to answering some of those. It's going to be good shit. Cool. Let's jump right into it. Welcome to Revolutionary Lumpen Radio. In this episode, we are joined by a vertebrae of left Twitter spine, a Marxist revolutionary who gets down with community work to give us reasons to smile while showing us how it's done. This comrade is a thoughtful, compassionate human being, an example of what our societies could be populated with once we rid ourselves of capitalist parasites. The comrade is a struggler with mental health, while also a source of strength through solidarity and truth to all who follow them. Adored by all we have, whom you most likely know already and love off of Twitter, known as Marx is my... How do you pronounce that? <laughs> yeah, they don't need to know all that. <laughs> Y'all can go with Jabir. So as always, we like to start off our episodes getting to know a guest a little, hearing about the background. It's always insightful. gives us an opportunity to understand where they come from, where they stand with us, and also insight into why they do what they do. So what can you tell us about your background? Uh, yeah, I don't even really know where to start on that. I suppose, you know, I kind of went the the Obama to Libertarian to Bernie Sanders to Marxist pipeline. So, you know, I had quite a few stops along my political journey, you know. But what ended up being the case that I ended up realizing once I got the dialectical analysis is that I was 
always looking for what ended up being anti-imperialism and like that kind of framework. And so uh, eventually just, you know, through careful study and paying attention to the words that come out of these politicians and these pigs' mouths, anti-imperialism ended up being like the connecting thing that I was looking to like find and you know, I did find anti-imperialist communities, but like anti-imperialist communities bring you very far away from like any engagement with like these liberal bourgeois politicians. And so here I am and there I am not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. That's a, that was dialectical way of putting that change, that growth. Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I mean, I worked hard for Bernie in 2016, you know, I, I canvassed across 11 or 12 different states for the guy. You know, I uh, worked, I traveled um, all across the Midwest and across the uh, across the West Coast trying to get the dude elected, you know, registered thousands of people to vote that year, thousands of people. And, you know, I was still kind of into him when the, when the primary rolled around the second time in 2019. But by that time, I was more like hesitantly supporting him because like, I had already like started to pick up on the fact that like this dude isn't really any kind of working class champion. You know, he's not going to fight for real. You know, he has like good sounding policy goals, but like he was not giving me the impression that he was somebody who would like adequately represent working class people, especially not black people or any other kind of marginalized working class person. So getting away from him, having comrades just dunk on the guy, calling him an imperialist, all that kind of shit, like. Just got me super curious, you know, and I would hear about stuff like Yugoslavia bombing and the war votes and shit like that. And I was just like, man, fuck this guy. You know, I had no idea. I don't. Because at some point you come to a crossroad on this imperialism question where you have to make a choice. And that choice is, are you willing to, like, throw the global south under the bus for your black policy goals in order to support this politician? Or are you, like, willing to, like, Abandon that, stand with the global south and fight for something way better. And so I ended up being the latter, obviously, because supporting these politicians is always going to be throwing the global south under the bus. And so, you know, that's not something that I can abide by. I'm so well said. That Obama liberal Bernie Sanders pipeline. Interesting. And he had another guest on, really good comrade, dialectical, who's came from electoral politics. Like, I think one of the most important things of like, you know, further left politics like this is to understand that everything is definitionally intertwined, right? Like, I, cause I've, I've genuinely met people who, you know, when you talk to them about imperialism, they don't, they don't even understand, like, yeah, but what does that have to do with me wanting Medicare for all? Like, they don't understand that all of these systems and the whole government and everything that we do and every minute of our lives are inexorably linked they're they're definitionally intertwined right you you don't get you know these increased social health programs normally without you know further exploitation of the global south right Uh, the empire will always find a way to keep going and keep rolling over these countries in any way it can i think it's just more important that when you start looking at sort of anything to the left of the democratic party to understand that you know this whole thing is connected right it's one system ultimately the planet right Exactly. So you can't separate these things out into like, this doesn't matter, or that's not important, or what does, Mm -hmm. you know, murdering innocent civilians in Iraq have to do with my healthcare, right? People just don't see it, I guess. Well said. So, I mean, that's how you got into more radical politics. And then you mentioned Bernie didn't represent any kind of marginalized 
people. The next question was, do you subscribe to his specific tendency? And can I also just ask, like, who did you support? Who supported marginalised people as you were supporting Bernie Sanders? Or were you not there in your development yet? Yeah, uh, so as of today, I definitely am a pan-African. I believe in uniting Africa and the shared goal of building socialism for Africans in Africa and across the diaspora. In turn, there was none of these candidates in, in this election would support the goals of even really lukewarm-ass liberal social democracy, let alone any kind of like system that would actually be good for marginalized people. Um, there wasn't really anybody there's the support. Not to say that there wasn't communists that were running. You know, Gloria Lariva ran a good campaign and ended up getting something like 60,000 votes, you know, which is pretty decent for a communist in this country. But to be able to get even that much support, uh, she was PSL's candidate, but she's not a Pan-African uh, from what I can tell by any stretch of the imagination. So there definitely wasn't anybody that I would say totally lined up where I am. But, you know, there were some like Marxist Leninists, you know, like I said, Gloria herself and some others who came to prominence during that time who I was like pretty closely aligned with, even if we don't have all the same goals in terms of pan-Africanism and like we do have the same goals in terms of like decolonization. So those are definitely people I'd call comrades and I'd work with. But to say that there was anybody who had any kind of like mainstream clout that was running on a pan-African platform, no, of course not. There wasn't anybody like that. Mm. I'd say I'm a Pan-African, okay, you, people may laugh, I don't practice it because I don't know what the practice would even look like, but I'm totally with it in theory, and I think every goddamn person should. How did you become a Pan-African? Why, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. So, I mean, that's just like mostly through the experience of being a radical, you know, African growing up in the imperial core. Decolonization isn't even something a marginalized person would need the language for to know that it's something that they would support. You know, um, every African dreams and talks of a day where we're just no longer under the colonial boot or we are free from like European finance capital, European exploitation of like the global South of mother Africa, of the Middle East, of every part of the, you know, marginalized diaspora, you know? And so, you know, I became a Pan-African through just study of, you know, what the Panthers were about. I got to explain to you also your soul, your needs, your political desires and needs, because that is Huey's soul. When we first organized the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, he would say, Bobby, he says, we're going to draw up a basic platform, just basic, that black people can read. He says, we don't want to go real elaborate with all these essays and dissertations and all this stuff because the brother going to look at that and he can say, man, I ain't got time for that. I got to go see what I can do for myself. He said, just a basic platform. He would say, we want freedom. We want power to determine the destiny of our black community. Full employment for our people. Number three, we want housing fit, decent housing fit for shelter of human beings. Number four, we want all black men to be exempt from military service. Number five. We want decent education for our black people in our community that teaches us the true nature of this decadent racist society and to teach black people 
and our young black brothers and sisters their place in society because if they don't know their place in society and in the world, they can't relate to anything else. Number six, we want an end to the robbery by the white racist businessman of black people and black people in their, in their community. Number seven, we want an immediate end to police brutality and murder of black people. because they have not had a fair trial because they've been tried by all white juries and that's just like being tried in Germany being a Jew. Number eight, we want black people, number nine, when brought to trial to be tried by members of their peers. And a peer being one who comes from the same economic, social, religious, historical, and racial background. If the United States government and the courts and the local courts did this, they would have to choose black people from the black community to sit up on the jury. They'd have to choose some of the mothers who've been working 20 years in Miss Ann's kitchen scrubbing floors like my mother had done. They have to choose some of them hard-working fathers. They have to choose some of those brothers who stand on the block out there wondering where they're gonna get a gig. They're gonna have to choose these black people. And number 10, he would say, let's just summarize it. We want housing, we want clothing, we want education, we want justice, and we want peace. What Kwame Turia had going on with the great Kwame Nkrumah, you know, long the heroist, uh, was about uh, Ahmed Sekou Touré. Excuse me, a socialist, and not only socialist, but tell you, Pan-Africanism is inextricably bound with socialism. One cannot be a Pan-Africanist unless one is a socialist. This point must be properly understood. The garbage that comes out, you know, they lie all the time. Even when they tell the truth, it's a result of a double lie. <laughs> I want to introduce to you a brother whom you all know, Brother Oba Tishaka, he's chair of the, uh, and of course, above all, he's a Pan-Africanist. Pan-Africanism is very difficult for us to deal with because the enemy has done so much to hide Pan-Africanism. I mean, if you take a man like France Fanon, how many of you heard of France Fanon? You'll hear a lot about France Fanon, but you'll never read that France Fanon is a Pan-Africanist. He's a revolutionary, he fought here, he fought there, he did this with the French Communist Party, but no way will they call him a Pan-Africanist. And France Fanon is a sterling example of Pan-Africanism. He was born in the Caribbean, in Martinique. He left there, went to France was trained there as a psychiatrist, sent by the French army to fight in Algeria. Recognizing the contradictions, joined the Algerian revolution and made a struggle As a Pan-Africanist, he's important for us because most Pan-Africanists, those in the diaspora born outside of Africa, do not look to North Africa. <coughs> And here, Franz Fanon has come to concretize these ties properly by making a proper impact on the Algerian Revolution. Even today, when they study the Algerian Revolution, they have to study Franz Fanon. Consequently, we want to tell you when you talk about Pan-Africanism, you talk about something that the enemy is trying everywhere to hide because it is the only solution to our problem. 
all these different people who just they had material goals that all mm-hmm. seem to be lining up toward African solidarity. And so uh, even Gaddafi himself had a, had brushes with, you know, Pan-Africanism. And at the very least, there's some like controversy around around in that. We could talk about that in some other context later, but just mm-hmm. understanding that like for, a, for an African as a, with the decolonization as the goal, Pan-Africanism is just a logical progression to that once you embrace any kind of radical politic and then also understanding that like this kind of chauvinistic way of talking about building a Marxist-Leninist type revolution doesn't totally jive with like, you know, the real material reality of Africans. You know, a lot of people talk about like revolution as like this abstract long-term goal where we agitate, we raise consciousness and they will just be ready to fight where pan-Africanism definitely embraces the day-to-day betterment of, you know, of the people understanding that like you build revolution in the most important way through making people's lives better and then making those people want to fight for something that can maintain that better life that you're helping them um, seize for themselves, you know, this idea that you can get a person to fight who is hungry, who is unhoused, who can't take care of their children by themselves. The idea that you can, like, put that on the back burner and call revolution the primary concern is, like, just some straight up a historical white chauvinistic nonsense, honestly. You know, you got to take care of people first. Pan-Africanism understands that in a way where our comrade, our white comrades who put decolonization first understand that. But unfortunately, quite a lot of white comrades don't put decolonization first. They don't even wrestle with decolonization as all, at all. And so, uh, yeah, I hope Pan-Africanism to be the dialectical embrace of what would help Africans and all marginalized people all over the world. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, I said I've I've come, I think I've said this before, but I I think that like far too many people come to Marxism without like uh, an actual like philosophical base and understanding of like materialism. Because if you don't you know, I mean, it's literally in the name, right? Like, if you don't take care of people's material needs first and foremost, then any other plans you have beyond that are already, it's already out of the question, right? You've already relegated any any chance of any of those other things happening, right? Exactly. People are, are being butchered, living half fucking lives. Yeah, exactly. And then people just come along and say, just, just do a revolution. It's like, well... Ha- this is where I come down to it, yeah? And this is why I love... Revolutionary Lumpen Radio, the work we're doing is supporting the, the Revolutionary Lumpen potential and also trying to unite everybody, the workers in the Lumpen and everybody else. I want to tell you why. Because, as you just said, the comrade Pan-Africanism seems to show you a practical solution to help people now. Uh, people should not, as was always said, people shouldn't be on the back burner waiting for the revolution. Go out and agitate, read this theory so you can go out and then, you know, get more people, prepare them for the revolution. I mean, I, it's it's despicable. And, you, you know, we're talking about, as you're, talk, as you're referencing, to, to, to the synthesis and Marxist practice today, and it's to you, it's a logical conclusion to go towards pan-Africanism. 
because this is saying no we can go out we can help people now people need support now but again to me not knowing about pan-africanism i also still knew the same practice but i knew it from real marxism not the academically intellectually curious people who understand themselves as marxism and are trying to replicate their intellectual fantasy of what marxism is i want the practical solutions so that we can topple capitalism and we shouldn't and we shouldn't have to wait for that in order to start saving people can this is why we're doing Liverpool save the people this is why people need to go out and base build dual power that's literally what the black panthers done and to an extent that's what the ira done you know these people these are like the the closest people have come to fight in the state because what you're doing is you're, you're building a state from within a state so if you've got a free food program free clothes program you know support with gas money loans housing all these things that people in the community are looking out for each other and you've built this and you're going out and organizing getting each other in the community to support and love each other like this then that's when the state inevitably collapses because that's our goal as revolutionary Marxists, we want to put an end to the capitalist state. People aren't going to be so concerned about the creature comforts because they've got a state outside in the community and that state's already there for the community. <coughs> and then that's what you do is you just basically, if everybody's doing this everywhere, then we start doing work with other organisations. You know, again, I'm, this is what I'm trying to fucking do here in the UK. Anybody listening, I'm fucking desperate here. We've got comrades moving up and down the country, coming to Liverpool so that we can set this up further. We're going to goddamn other cities in the UK to, to set up other people. If you're listening in the UK, you're serious about getting involved. I'm 1 million percent saying, come to my house, I'll show you how we do it. You can sleep in my house for a couple of days. Oh, well, I'll go to yours and then we'll just set up these like food programs we'll support and I'll support you as much as I can because this is what people need to start doing is getting out there we need to tackle alienation in our communities or what happens is this Marxism becomes an, an intellectual exercise for people to talk about history all day long without building a vision for the future and, and Pan-Africanism has a vision for the future so if you're a sincere Marxist and you want to get everybody on board you, as, as an organic intellectual, shouldn't be incapable of producing a, a material benefit for people today and a vision for the future so that people aren't turning more towards pan-Africanism rather than um, a scientific socialism. So people are splitting up, people are spread out everywhere because people aren't uniting in one synthesis of nothing. Why? And then we've got a question relating to this and I blame white people. It has to be the white people. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do it. But I, like, I'll come back to this on a question later. We'll come back to it. Don't know if you got any thoughts on that. I wanted to get that ramble out. I hope it made some co co coherent sense. I do feel like we were on the same page where, you know, it's not even accelerationism. What we're talking about is improving conditions today. We're just simply about literally base building dual power this is literally what the black panther's done as far as i'm concerned this is the height of marxist practice and synthesis in the imperial core today i'm sorry it just it just is yeah uh, so when you talk about that you know you got you got a lot of people who uh you know they spend a lot of time reading theory but they've never been in a fucking soup kitchen in their lives they don't know mm -hmm. the names of the houseless people in their community they don't know what the real actual conditions of their community they see like gentrification is like wrecking you know the housing market but they don't necessarily know like where those like unhoused people end up they don't know the names 
of their shelters. Oftentimes, they don't know the names mm. of any of the streets downtown, let alone, you know, their area. They don't have a relationship. So what we have to then understand is like you were just talking about mm. building Marxism through, you know, and Pan-African project and in any kind of project that's just talking about liberation of, of all peoples is just going to necessarily come from like the relationship building that can only come um, through struggling. So like when you get these like, you know, people who are coming at things from like a bourgeois academic, you know, empiricist standpoint, you know, they're making conclusions that any fucking liberal can make about like what the problems in the world are, but they're not making Marxist conclusions about what is to be done, which is what is to be done is quite literally making people's lives better now. And that, because, you know, I'll tell you all day long that like people don't really need for the most part to be agitated any further than yes, than, amen. than they than they already are. They're already quite agitated. What they need is their time freed up. They need to eat. If I can just interject, what you're talking about is you're talking about a class of people, a distinct class of people in certain demographic communities don't need to be agitated any further. But the ones who don't acknowledge that, these are the more aristocratic Marxist. Would you agree with that? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. These abstract Marxists, these like, you know, quite literally chauvinistic people who say stuff like America has no revolutionary potential and stuff like that. You know, the pessimistic types. It's like, what? If you talk to like your average working class person, you know, your average African, especially, they'll tell you like they're ready for something to happen. You know, they're ready for like a change because this shit isn't working. What we don't have is any kind of leadership. We don't have leadership. We don't have anybody who's ready to emerge build the power and then say all power to all declare all power to the people because when you look at what was happening with the soviet union the soviet union you know the soviets integrated themselves into every facet of soviet life in order to build their revolution the the trade unions the job the farms every aspect of life that was relevant they were able to integrate themselves become leaders in those uh, institutions make people's lives better, both from within and from outside, and then eventually declare all power to the Soviets. Because by the time they said all power to the Soviets, it was a real material reality and not any slogan. And that's why black power worked, because there was real black power, not this abstract black power where you're like conceptualizing about making people's lives better. No, you're doing food, you're running food trucks into the communities. You're feeding people, you're taking care of new mothers, you know, you're found you're you're building the foundations for the WIC program, all kinds of shit that just materially improve people's lives. You know, you you talk to a lot of these people who criticize this country or that country, who are like doing real things for the real people of those countries, and they get mad because it's not like this perfect idea of what like, you know, Marxism, Leninism is in their mind. But it's like if you're not making people's life better you know, while advocating for our go- our long-term goals, then what the fuck are you even doing? Who's supposed to even still be around if, like, nobody's life is being made better? Like, people are just going to die miserable and, like, there's going to be nobody left to receive our message other than these, like, bourgeois people who don't have any interest in it in the first place. So, yeah, it's these, it's these academics, it's these doomers, it's these pessimists 
who are just like lit- who are literally poisoning the well of information, so to speak, by like yep. by getting our class and you know people across it all across the globe. They're deflating their revolutionary fervor in a way that you don't see done in communities where there are a lot of people who are just focused on helping the people. Because when you help people... Because they're cowards, because they haven't got it fucking in them to give their lives to the revolution or know that they're going to end up in jail. The cowards, these are people who give the consent to being ruled. Cowards, maggots, step out of the fucking way if you're not going to march with us. I swear to God, people need to start paying attention. This isn't an intellectual exercise. People are fucking starving and you don't even know because you don't even get out there and speak to them. It's honest to God, it's so infuriating. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but but these people, I swear to God, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Understanding that you got to make people's lives better, you know. I don't have any time for anything other than like you know the real work and like yeah i do hold that theory is a part of making somebody's life better of course it's part of making somebody's life better you know there's nothing that makes you feel better than a dialectical analysis of what's to be done as you're like you know going through the day-to-day struggle you know but a full stomach will sure as hell help (laughs) you know uh a belly full of meat might help You know, you you need all of that shit, not just the understanding, but quite literally being materially okay. And when we do that for the people, the people won't be able to help, but, you know, to listen to what the fuck we're talking about. Hell motherfucking yeah. I think it's just that not enough people realize that, like, theory is only useful insofar as it's supposed to be used to determine correct action. If you don't do the correct action part, then what's even the point of anything that comes before it, yeah, right? And now we're left with it, like Marxist theory, that's so outdated. The material conditions are so different. It's, it can't guide the practice. Yeah, that's true. why I'm saying the closest thing we've got to Marxist theory that's useful is is everything the Black Panther's done. But you've got these cowards who are scared to, to even get the pictures took when they're out doing like, service to the people because they think that... The, the CIA is going to come through and smoke them while they're asleep. You know what I'm saying? These people are mad. I mean, I can I can kind of understand why people would not want their faces on cameras. I kind of I can kind of understand that part. I mean, I I'm not forced me. I'll, I'll organize in jail. I'll even organize from the grave. <laughs> no, nothing's going to stop me. Yeah. yeah. So I suppose we do need like a mix of folks. You got to have folks who are more willing to do some discreet shit. Yeah. And then you got to have folks who are more willing to like put their face out there. Like me, my face is all over the place. The other day I posted a picture with me and my rifle and like somebody was like in my comments talking about what the fuck do you think you're doing? The state's going to do this and the state's going to do that. And I'm like, exactly. I'm a black person. The state's going to do what the state's going to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying because we're already ready. We've already been through too much. These people, I've never seen a jail cell in their lives. You know what I'm saying? They've never heard all the screaming, the banging, women going crazy, the the literal maddening of of hearing human beings encaged in jail cells screaming wildly. They've never even seen humanity like that. And honestly, it's a lot worse. It's a lot worse. That's just one fucking small example. So we'll move on because I'm sweating here. I'm getting popping into this. Theory is important and you've actually taken to theory now after everything you've learned over these years. Your heart and soul you put into a Bernie campaign just to see him blow it up in smoke before your face. Well, basically twice. Didn't he drop out the first time and the second time? Give it to fucking Biden. 
Yeah, yeah. He got cheated, and then he just folded. You cheat me, and like, there's nothing you're gonna be able to do to like stop me from just like raising hell. And that's just you know on smaller scale things. Like if you cheat me out of a dollar or some shit like that, you know, I'm, yeah. you, know you got cheated out of fucking helping people that you claim to want to help. That just that lets me know like it was never that fucking serious for you because you know Bernie Sanders is gonna be okay. You know he got he got he got history houses. You know, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been institutionalized, right? Like, he's been in the Senate 30 years. He's like, at this point, he's just a, a, a good boy, right? Like, he's a go-along to get-along at this point. He's been there 30 years. He knows them all. They're all personal friends. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's very amusing. He doesn't he doesn't consider himself establishment when you've been in there 30 years. Like, right. I don't know what the definition of establishment is, but I'm going to go ahead and say, like, anything that has you being there for 30 years has you part of the establishment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> as long as I've been alive, for God's sake. Yeah. It's, it's more damning to, like, he's been there 30 years and wasn't kicked out, you know what I mean? Like, they, they all go along to get along, right? Like, he didn't cause enough of a problem to not be there anymore. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's common sense. Just, like, obviously, they're going to let somebody in to claim that they allow socialists in the same way that they have these diversity minimum requirements and corporations so they can look good, and that's all Bernie Sanders and Jeremy Corbyn and that are just literally for show so that people don't go out of the fucking mines and cause too much of a fucking protest, which is now banned anyway. I really think that, like, the myth of America does so much to hold this up, because, like, most people really do believe, like, the way to affect real change is just to vote, right? Like, just that basic premise is so ingrained in most people's mind that, like, anything that deviates from that to them is just like, well, this is just patently absurd like anything that even strays from that is just off the table it's just a non-starter it's like no 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 all change apparently yeah. to them is is voting related I vote know. with a 7.62 in the temple of judges magistrates politicians pigs reactionaries and i'll just go out there and say that on record <laughs> Well, it's accurate, so. <laughs> Damn right, obviously, fuck me. Put me in jail, watch what happens. You're going to have another George Jackson once or some, I start writing some madness in jail. Once I start writing theory in jail, it's over for you. <laughs> yeah, put me on the inside, cowards. <laughs> yeah, put me inside and dare me to do nothing but write. Fuck. Yeah. Worked well with Gramsci, didn't it? Exactly. So him... <laughs> Yeah. I'm not just comparing myself to that as a Marxist intellectual. <laughs> we all have that potential and that capability, okay? It's it's just the truth. We, we're, we're all there. So let's go on to the theory aspect now because you recently haven't gained all this knowledge and life experience yourself, have started an educational group for people to join if they're interested in reading Marxist theory. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, It's, a, it's called Brett Theory. I started it last, probably the last Monday of last September, and the first reading itself was the next week, the first Monday of October, and uh, I think we read that Why Einstein essay first, or Why Socialism essay by Einstein, rather, <laughs> Why Einstein. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty good shit, and uh, then we went right to State and Rev, so, you know, we went from some light, oh, okay, this is cursory socialism, to like, oh, yeah, it's like smash the state, and, you know, <laughs> we started off probably with, like, the same 10 people or so, but you know me, I would, like, post the 
updates on the readings, let people know my thoughts on the readings a little bit, and uh, just keep inviting people back. So we went from like the same 10 people in there to like there's now 451 people in the server so far in a little less than a year. Nice. We're doing a lot of reading now. We're reading on four days. I actually got a reading in about 20 minutes uh, to accommodate a comrade. On Mondays, we are reading right now uh, Neocolonialism by Nkrumah. We're reading How Europe Underdeveloped Africa. On Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Women Racing Class from Angela Davis. And then Saturdays is, uh, for now, Michael Parenti. We did Black Shirts and Reds. Now we're doing Inventing Reality. Then we'll move on to Make Believe Media. So, yeah, we're doing quite a lot of political education and that's just the reading theory side of part things where we're starting a Khan Academy type project where we're going to try to like amalgamate like Marxist education, but from like Marxist educators and like provide that education to people, you know, for free, of course, and just like expand what we do instead of being just a book club, just being a hub of Marxist education in general, where you can come and get like real skills that you're interested in you know we got people who are going to lead creative writing courses investigative journalist courses uh self-defense courses fishing courses all kinds of shit so we we're we're growing strong in there and we got and like i think that's this is the first public platform i've said i've talked about that goal on but uh even the membership doesn't know that that's what that's something we're planning so yeah we got a lot to look forward to in terms of what we're building together world fest boom <laughs> nice okay yeah love an exclusive it's also just great to see the growth like i remember i remember seeing it on twitter when you like first started the whole thing you know so it's great to it's great to see the the growth yeah, for sure yeah. i appreciate it yeah, it's, it's been a struggle you know it's been up and down as i had to deal with my own bullshit and personal challenges this year it went from like being super active to being super dead to being right back to being super active and so it's 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 a roller coaster but the fact that there are people, yeah. the fact that there are people interested in undermining it means that like I'm I'm going in a good direction. So it needs I need to double down on it. I honestly believe that a lot of people who are in the server and have joined the book club just generally are there just to kind of hang out with you also because you're always outspokenly honest. Like I say, you know, you just spoke about you taking time out. You know, that, that's what people love. They love looking at comrades who are doing good work, who are putting themselves out there, who are spreading the right messages on your timeline constantly, who are supporting people and being honest all at the same time. It's That's what people need. We don't have a lot of role models or leaders, as you said. So when people find a good one like yourself, um, we all just rally around them. That's why we're doing this as well, because we love you. So we're hoping that other people can get in touch with you and follow you, support your work. As you said about all your goals that you have in mind, well, this is what can happen if people have got social capital and no bullshit. And if 10,000 people give you $1 a month on Patreon, you got $10,000. What the hell does that look like? You getting $10,000 a month in your pocket? How much community work is going to get done? You know what I'm saying? That's going to be heavy. Things are going to change big time. So that's what we're about. This is why we're just out there saying, support your goddamn comrades, people out there with goddamn Netflix, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime Video, all these are the subscriptions, but they're not supporting comrades out there doing some goddamn good work. So go out there, support BreadTube. If you got a few dollars, yeah, save some people as well here in Liverpool. 
Because it's important. I've got to say, it's not just about money. It's literally about improving lives and changing lives and making things materially possible because things aren't free. God damn it, it's capitalism, not communism. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I and I love y'all too. And I, I, I sincerely believe that, like, it, it don't take much to get a lot done. You know, all you got to do, all you have to do is get people who are principled and willing. And you know, and you don't need much. I tell people all the time, and I think I've even tweeted about it a couple times, just like if you got a project in mind that nobody seems to want to support, just get started anyways, you know, because nothing's going to attract more support than, you know, just working, just doing the fucking work, you know, you you will be noticed. And, you know, one person can become just a couple of people, and a couple of people can become, you know, quickly four people. I've got, I got comrades in Nova Scotia who were like, you know, doing insulated shed projects to like help the houseless people out and like working with like the churches in the community and shit to like find places to like be able to put them that the state wouldn't like come and bother and whatnot. And now that the state has finally decided to go and bother those folks, now they're doing like, you know, eviction defense and they're like willing to like violently like defend people's lives if that's what it's going to fucking take. Cause like quite literally that's what it's going to take. But you know, it's, there's, there's something to do for everybody you know we get a lot of people who'll comment on any kind of reference to the working class on social media and say well like what about me as like a person who's like disabled and unable to do like any physical work well it's like well shit you can post on twitter can't you because we can do a lot you know with that you know uh, if you can reply to a twitter comment you got the time to like learn how to do some communist agit crop and just propagandize on Twitter all day. You know, you you can do that. If you can cook, you can you can feed the revolution. If you can joke and you're good at making people laugh, then you can you can rile up people and help relieve some stress of comrades. There's not a single contribution that a comrade can make that's not important. You know, we don't believe in that bullshit. The idea that like, oh, some work is more valuable than others. Like, no, it all serves, you know, to the same damn goal. And once we get people realizing what our true power really is as a class globally, we'll start to realize, well, fuck, we never should have taken this long doing what we needed to do. You know, so a lot of things can change very quickly. What we have to do is just literally get the right message, you know, to enough people and then once that first domino falls, you know, there's no picking it back up. I mean, absolutely beautifully said, agree with everything 100%. Speaks volumes to think that everybody should consider that. Think about their role that they could play. Because ultimately that's a stress remover, you know, if you do suffer from depression or you're upset about capitalism and it gets you down, you know, just these small things is something for you to, to do and fight back. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I think people misunderstand, like, how much that helps as well. Like, people always think that, like, you're doing something for a cause larger than yourself, which you for sure are. But it's also important to stress, like, the individual benefit you yourself get out of doing these things, right? Like, it's it's great to go out there and meet people and do things and see what's happening and be a part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. But you, but, you, but you stay in the game as well, and that's okay. <laughs> It's okay to want something out of this. I wouldn't be a part of this shit if I got nothing out of it. Like, come on now. It's, that's not, that's a little bit anti-humanist. You know, we're material people. Being, you know, communism is going to be how I make sure my family eats forever, you know? So I say, what the, who, who, <laughs> who would ever have a problem with that? You know, like if yeah. it's peace, land and bread, <laughs> you know? So, right. Yeah. It's yeah. All power to the people though. 
you see, I'm going to, I hate to distract because we're making good progress and I do want to crack on with these past questions, but I really think this is important and I'd love to hear if you have any thoughts that you'd be willing to share on this. As we talk about, you know, this support and getting behind and, you know, even just retweeting things like that. But what we have is so many different sects of like so many different Marxists and you got all these content creators and they're, they're, they're just like different brands basically and people got the different clicks and they won't share their stuff because they're supporters of them, they're supporters of that. You know, it's it's madness. People just support who's doing the actual practice or the work on the ground or those who, you know, are 1 million percent going to do the practice if once they have the support. These YouTubers, these streamers, these, um, you know, entertainment studio revolutionaries. Just always, just always remember that one action is worth more than a lifetime of talking. And it's just that simple. Please, please do that. Thank you. So, like, one of the things that really caught my eye about one of your posts is when you actually shared a video of you reading out oh, yeah. on Twitter, Blood in My Eye by George Jackson. Yeah. Like, why did you choose to read that piece by Marxist theoretician George Jackson? Well, uh, <laughs> Marxist theoretician George Jackson, I don't even think he would have described himself as that. That was the beautiful thing about it. He might have just, yeah, he definitely described himself as a Marxist. He'd probably just tell you, you know, he was just a motherfucker making sense of all this bullshit, you know. And he, <laughs> yes. he I, I read that because... There's a lot of great revolutionaries in history. Don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot across, you know, different ethnic groups across different countries. But like, I don't think in all of history, there's a single revolutionary just more relatable than George Jackson, you know, to the average person. Just like this idea of a person who isn't academic bourgeois at all, who's self-educated, who's having to figure out the way this all works on his own. Then... Getting locked up by an unjust by an unjust system, getting killed by like let's just let's just call it real. Like they they that motherfucker wasn't trying to even jailbreak that motherfucker. Didn't even seem to have any interest in getting out. He was totally prepared to keep organizing. You know, from within the idea that like oh we killed him because he tried to escape. Yeah, fucking bullshit. Like this. He went out and he knew there was going to be a continued slaughter on the prisoners if he never went out and then gave himself up because the pigs were after him. Exactly. You know, so like their whole story is bullshit. But I, I, I shared him because I want people to like get real familiar with people like George Jackson, because there's a lot of George Jacksons in all of our communities, people who will in the right circumstances accelerate their understanding of things very quickly because like things moved for him very fast you know this was only the span of a couple of years you know and jackson is the epitome of like anybody can make these conclusions you know and he made yeah i don't i don't think he missed on a on a goddamn thing just reading through blood <laughs> in my eye you know he quite literally was making conclusions you know from a background even less privileged than the one I come from. And I grew up poor as hell, inner city, Akron, Ohio, you know, mom having to work two jobs all the time, coming from the crack era of the 80s, grandma having to work two jobs all the time, shit like that. So he he came from an even less privileged background than that, still making advanced conclusions. So like 
when people talk about the American proletariat having like no revolutionary potential, I'm like, George Jackson literally exists. You know, like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is not a person. Anybody would give any kind of credit for uh, having revolutionary potential. Yet that motherfucker was making more revolutionary conclusions than basically everybody else at the time. You know, he was getting like the Panthers were consulting with him to get his opinions on shit. You know, like we got to get people to understand that, like, it doesn't take degrees and like, you know, media jobs and being any kind of like having any kind of adjacency to like liberal bourgeois electoralism to like start making radical conclusions. You can just be a lumping pro who happens to give a fuck about other people who just reads the right book and gets the right nugget put in your ear. And like that's what's so important about George Jackson. So that's what I shared that for, because if people can understand that they're definitely no different than George Jackson, you know, who knows, you know, what that can do to accelerate a person class conscious, if you know, conscious. Because, you know, Lennon, at the end of the day, his background's not relatable to a lot of people, you know. There's a lot of people like that who just, you know, they have bourgeois backgrounds and they were class traders that came to our struggle. And more power to them. But, like, we ain't building a revolution that is, like, mostly class traders. No, it's going to be mostly people just like George Jackson, who come from within the roots of the class, who have to make advanced conclusions about what's to be done. And George shows that it doesn't even have to be hard, and it sure as hell doesn't have to be a slow process. It can happen very quickly. He's to be upheld by any means necessary, as far as I'm concerned. That's definitely true. I think that's it's just true that people intellectualize things too much. They always think of this thing as like something that requires either intense amount of writing or something that's sort of just gonna happen to them one day like you're gonna wake up and find yourself in the middle of it and then be like okay well time to join right like people don't i don't know it's a it's a really strange thing where people sort of intellectually distance themselves from the material reality of what's happening and i think to a certain degree that's kind of the point of um like bourgeois institutions right they they put that mindset in you so that you're it essentially neuters you. Exactly. It's also it's also just weird to see people say like, "Oh, the material conditions aren't ready yet." Because like, if you actually go places, right? You like go to a soup kitchen or whatever. You'll clearly see that like that isn't the problem here, right? It's not a lack of will. It's not that people don't understand that the world, the very world around them, is crumbling, right? It's not a lack of understanding that's the problem here. There is a lack of initiative that definitely exists where people, there's all kinds of people theorizing about ideas and theorizing about actions and what we could do. And what we have to have at this point is doers. We have to have people who like put that kind of hustle into like putting actions forward, putting plans forward. Cause like, you know, this shit cannot, continue to be theoretical will actually have to be applied pragmatically you know people are dying right now we got an eviction moratorium and like a lot of motherfuckers aren't gonna get off the internet to like go do anything to like defend people from like being fucking evicted you know and the moratorium judges are gonna be signing off on that shit this coming monday you know and all some motherfuckers can do 
who could be doing more because I got nothing but love for folks who couldn't do more. But if you could do more and all you're going to do is tweet about it, you know, like that's just not going to be enough. You know, we have to take action. We have to do everything that we can to just like show people that we're here and we're serious and we will quite literally, you know, lay it down. Not to say that we are looking to make martyrs of ourselves. You know, we're certainly not suicidal from that standpoint, but we are in the vein of the Huey P. Newton's revolutionary suicide very much, you know, doomed. And we when we live our lives as doomed and marked and we have to be willing to do the kind of stuff that makes us doomed in the first place in order to defend our class where this shit's just never going to take off. There was another question y'all had, and I didn't have the time to get to it, about the relationship between China and Pan-Africanism. And I would love to expound more on that, but we might have to come back to that one later. So can we reschedule then? Yeah, yeah, we can. uh, Hell, I'll even have time to finish this later today if you want to do it like that. Thank you very much for your time, comrade. Really being interesting and engaging. I know that I know for a fact that a lot of the things that we have discussed, I do get a lot of people reaching out and trying to engage with these discussions or so. So it's going to mean a lot to people, especially, you know, really radical comrades to hear this one. Thank you. Oh, yeah, it means a lot to me, too. I'm definitely looking forward to finishing it off and seeing how the finished product's up. So I will talk to y'all comrades later. Until then, y'all take care. Solidarity. Absolutely. Solidarity. Was it the liquor that makes me act blind? Times that I'm with her Anonymous pictures of other niggas trying to kiss her Will I love her or shall I diss her? I'm sick of the scandalous shit I deal with Trying to paint a perfect picture My memories of jealousy no longer get free Cause so much bullshit your girlfriends keep telling me I'm a tour but now my bedroom's an open door So it got me thinking what am I trying for? When I was young I was so very dumb Eager to please a little trick on a mission Trying to get him a piece Me and my niggas is love niggas Forming known drug dealers We don't love bitches and believe they don't love niggas I gotta claim my attraction But you became a distraction, a threat to my paper stacking I thought you changed, but now I know Can't turn a hoe into a housewife, baby Baby can't stop, gotta eat Stepping on my feet Spread love, stick it, sweet Uh, 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 so you can't stop, no This is you and me, fire Then we sure burn together Watch the flames climb high Into the night Calling our father Stand by and we will watch the flames burn over and on the mountainside high. And if we should die tonight, we should all die together. Raise a glass of wine for the last time. Golden our father.
DJ show to die. A nigga never been as broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two pair of leads. Besides that, the pinstripes in the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm slowing tigers on my shirt. And alligators. Uh-huh. You wanna see the inside? Huh? I'll see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. They come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clocking. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. This crew's your crew. Or they might be next. Look at them in the eye. Big man, they never try. So we roll with them. Uh-huh. Stole with them. I mean, loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate. The cookies. Or the crunch. Uh, 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 oh, you cast no, no, can't stop, gotta eat, step it 